Mockplay, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and joining me today, he's got on his magic shoes, and he is running. It's Forrest Hausman. Oh, yeah. You're running again. Thank you. Yeah, I sure am. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That social media, I always forget that other people can see that. You know, isn't that weird? Wait, that's not just my personal photo album? Yeah, so I posted a little thing about me getting back into trail running, which has been uh, it's been fun, you know. Like uh, I haven't hurt myself. Trail running's fun. I haven't hurt myself. I haven't, um, you know. I'm sure at some point my knees will start barking, but they haven't yet. And uh, I live in like a trail running paradise. Oh, you know why? Yeah. Well, this isn't exactly why. I'd already been getting back into it, but last weekend, um, this is always this is so funny to me. Last weekend, uh, it's like Sunday. I'm like, oh, it's beautiful. I'm gonna go for a quick hike. I had like an hour. And uh, there's a huge, there's lots of waterfalls around here, but there's a particularly huge one that I usually just ride past on a bike, and I'm like, oh, I'll walk down to mm-hmm. it and just kind of chill there for a little bit. And so I, I'm I'm doing that, and I'm 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 just I'm wearing my hook, I'm wearing the hook as I took a picture of, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm, but I'm just walking in them, and like I see like a, a couple trail runners coming towards me, and I didn't really think much of it, and then I see a couple more, and they realize they're wearing numbers, and I'm like, oh god damn it, and like it's like oh. some like huge like trail running race, and I'm just like yeah walking in my hokas, and there's all these like total badasses on the on this um uh, for this race and like my next door neighbor was a was a cross-country runner at georgetown like literally an all-american and he's he was competing in the race but like a different part of it like the next day but i I didn't realize that was happening that day and so i'm just like i don't know so like sheepishly walking by you know but man i watched him like run up this um i watched him run up this fire road that is so insanely steep that I've had to walk an e-bike up it before. And I'm just like, God, they're just going to run all the way to the top of that. These people are incredible. Yeah. The, the Uber athletes is kind of like, it's like frustrating when you, you compare yourself to them. Well, I felt much better when my of... neighbor was like, well, that's legit. Like that, this is like a legit big deal race. Like he didn't win it. Like, you know, and he's like a phenomenal. Oh, runner. like real athletes yeah, come to are, this kind like, of thing. Are, and, and I was also surprised because like, you know, Marin is not tiny, but it's not big. And I was and like, it's it's nothing like going to somewhere like in Utah or Colorado where the, where the most of the town is like this, like a super outdoorsy yeah. person. And I'm like, I, I would rec- I didn't recognize anybody. And uh, usually you right. kind of would. And I was just like, where these people are coming from a long ways away. Today, we're going to be going through some headlines that come out of the outdoor industry and community. But we made it to Friday, which means we made it to the weekend, which means it's time for America's favorite podcast segment. What is Justin doing this weekend? Presented by Long Weekend Coffee really amping up the the intro into the guitar mm-hmm. you know sounds good so justin america wants to know what are you doing this weekend well this is going to be this is a particularly outdoorsy weekend for me because uh i'm going to be watching other people do things outdoors colin it's 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 spring training baseball time <laughs> mm, and, it certainly is and i'm getting my money's worth out of that mlb.tv 200 a year i pay just to watch the dodgers break my heart every year <laughs> but uh yeah it hasn't stopped it hasn't st- no no, no. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa no you're there's no dodger lament you cannot at this point to have any sort of heartbreak you got you won the offseason by miles like no one even came close yeah, but you all it's like yeah yeah true <laughs> but like maybe that maybe that'll be the thing that pushes them over i don't i honestly i just say that i don't ultimately really care at this point it's like the, i don't really get that disappointed it's just i just like having baseball right. on every day yeah. but that's a good point but um it is still raining. It, we had a break of a, like a week, and the entire town went nuts. And and like, there's probably gonna be a little mini baby boom like in Marin because it was just like <laughs> everybody's in skirts and just like no shirts and just like partying. It was amazing. 
but it, we all are building our arcs now because it won't it won't stop raining and um and so this weekend you know what i can't fight it what am i gonna do i've done i've done all the rain hikes i can do i can't sadly around here you can't like paddle in the creeks or anything because we're trying to rightfully so we're trying to bring this the coho back and you can't really like touch mm. the creeks otherwise i'd be like trying to like get weird on my alpaca pack raft and just like get a wetsuit on <laughs> and just be like let's bomb this thing you know but you can't and uh so i'm just gonna be inside watching baseball you know that's that's gonna be my weekend Well, what Justin is doing this weekend is presented by Long Weekend Coffee. Every day, every weekend, and every adventure starts with Long Weekend Coffee, and you can get 10% off of your first batch by heading to longweekend.coffee and entering promo code ROCK10 at checkout. Long Weekend Coffee, more weekend, please. Before we get into headlines, I did want to ask you, because there's been a lot going on uh, in in the industry, uh, trade publications and everything about PFAS, because California passed a law regarding minimum levels of PFAS in apparel. Um, I did some research on that. It's like you know, 100 you mean, parts. Per- oh, I th- so they can't have some. I thought it was like completely. Yeah. Okay. There's a tech, there's a minimum. It's like 100 parts per million that is like, acceptable. I'm not, I, I'm not a scientist. I no frame of reference what that is exactly. I actually went looking around to see like what is currently out there and couldn't find like a specific number. Hmm. But bottom line is if you want to sell stuff in California, which is the fifth largest economy in the world, you, you have to have a certain number. You can only, you can't exceed a certain level of PFAS in your textiles or apparel. Have you seen anything about how that's going to be regulated? Like, are they going to check your jackets and machine? That's a good point. I'm sure there will be some sort of, I mean, you know, they look for fruit in your car when you're driving to the state. I'm sure they'll figure it out. I, right? yeah, so, I have no um, idea how that works. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I just want to ask you, what are you going to do anything about PFAS in your life? Personally? Mm, no. No. Because I, I, we talked about this before we hit record. I, I think I get the, it sounds like it's a worthy initiative. If you, if you go back and learn about what PFAS are and what they can do, not good stuff, you know, probably a, a colossal mistake on our part sure. in hindsight, right? I'm sure at the time it seemed like this revolutionary like pla- thing. I mean, like how any, could it be bad? Anything plastic, the same, you could, same thing. Right. Well, maybe not like hospital stuff, I guess, for plastic. That may I be guess. the one area. Yeah, but I mean, like yeah. opening that door period was probably not something we should have done. Right. But we didn't know, and here we are. Glass is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, can't we just have glass bottles? That's, but, but that's uh... kind of why. It's like, okay, I I, I don't know. I've covered, like, uh, I don't know if, if it's considered a PFAS, but whatever, like, fu- like flame retardant materials are intense. Um, mm-hmm. That, a couple years ago, was kind of a thing where, like, Mountain Hardware came out with one that doesn't have it. I think Nemo is about to do a bunch or maybe they've made one or two that doesn't either mm-hmm. and it's like if you read the, the the science yeah the chemicals are really really bad for you um but it's pretty difficult to parse like how much you, time you have to spend in the tent to really have that be an inf- an effect but like right I, right i guess at the end of the day isn't that the case with like literally everything in the modern world i mean you probably shouldn't touch a lot of the things that we touch as much as we do i mean i i it's tough i don't know i don't know where you I mean, I live in a place where there's probably plenty of people who would who sew their own clothes and and like get water from creeks and stuff like that because there's a lot of like older <laughs> hippies here. And maybe they're the, maybe they're right. Maybe they've been right the whole time. I don't know. I just don't know what else I'm supposed to do about things anymore. I'm not going to go buy. I mean, I don't. I don't really have to. I'm sure I will get some PFAS free jackets pretty soon to like to to wear, and I'm sure they'll be great. I guess. But if I was yeah. if I had to buy it myself, I don't think I would like. I'm not going to get rid of my PFAS jackets and go buy PFAS free stuff. That, that's kind of the point I want to make. It's not to say that this isn't a worthy initiative. Cl- yeah, clearly totally. it is. If you learn about PFAS and, and it does, there's definitely levels of 
they knew for a long time before anybody decided to do anything. Yeah. All of the stuff that typically follows these kinds of things exists. And if you go to communities where it's in in the air and it's consumed in high quantities, there's there's real implic there's real uh, repercussions to people from these chemicals. But there, I think it has been an unasked question of. Is there an expectation that everybody just needs to go out and buy another, you know, kit? You know, I've been wearing the same, you know, shells for over 10 years is one of the first ones I got when I started working at Polar Tech. And now that I don't work in the industry anymore, it's perfectly fine. It's a Patagonia uh, jacket. It's great. You know, I'm sure if you looked at the membrane in it loaded with PFAS, uh, I'm not planning on going and swapping it out. Uh, and I don't even know. I feel like that's also a conundrum because it's like, well, all right, if you if you read about how PFAS interacts in textiles, it's pretty locked into place. There's not a lot of transfer between the garment and the human versus like scraping bits off a Teflon pan and your eggs and eating it kind of thing. So is it better for me to go ditch this jacket and then get another jacket? Or is it better for me just to continue to use this jacket? Because I know from a sustainability standpoint, that's the right thing to do too. Yeah. It's like the it's like the I, I spent so much time battling. <laughs> Not really. Like arguing with people in comments about things on social media where they'll make fun of, you know, a celebrity for flying somewhere. And they're like, but here I am with my paper straw. And it's like, well, those are two different issues, right? Like, yeah. like carbon emissions are not the same as plastic pollution. So you should use a paper straw and they shouldn't be flying. But that's not like, but you have, point is that like you have to kind of pick like which thing are you going to be the most concerned about? And like for me personally, for whatever reason, overconsumption and resource waste is a bigger deal than whatever toxic tiny amounts of toxic chemicals I'm ingesting by wearing this jacket. That's that, that would be like, if I was going to, if I'm going to draw a line in the sand, it's yeah. going to be, let's keep from making so much crap rather than, you know, I prefer that weren't, that didn't have PFAS, but I'm not going to like buy new stuff just because it doesn't. I mean, I feel the same way about buying an electric car to a certain degree. Like, Sure. I mean, I, I have two cars that work just fine. I'm not going to like go buy a new one. It, the, the, the math doesn't balance out. No. And, and, and I mean, I just got a new car and I didn't get an electric car because I want to make sure I had one where I had the range and, and had, I had the ability to put gas in it. If we wanted to go on a longer trip and we haven't had any issues with it, but it's also not entirely convenient sometimes, you know? And, and so it's just, I think we need to be a little more forgiving of ourselves as well. Cause like to your point, like, yeah, if there's, if this, the paper straw is an option, of course you should choose the paper straw. If you don't have to use something that's made out of plastic, you shouldn't. Now, if I'm at a baseball game, and I want a bottle of water, I'm going to buy a bottle of water, yeah. you know, and I'm, and I'm not going to feel bad about it. And there was a time when I probably was like, well, I should probably just wait till I get home, get home, you know? And it's like, cause then I'm not using it. And then you start spiraling, right? You know, these rabbit holes of like, I have to solve the climate right. problems and the sustainability problems because I have some knowledge that maybe most people don't, you don't, but you know, it's like, this is going to take a long time to figure this stuff out. But that's kind of, uh, I mean, that's why something like this is good because it's like, okay, we shouldn't be using them. We know that. That's obvious. Right. Great. So now they yeah. won't be in, in in any of the new stuff that you need. So <clears throat> yeah, you don't, you know, you don't need to go force the issue by getting something new. Um, but there will be probably a time where you do need another rain jacket. And so now you don't have to worry about it. There'll be a there'll be a better one. Or right, even yeah. if even if for some reason California was like, we have to has to you have to have a choice. You know, fifty percent of the products have to be PFAS free and fifty percent can be regular. At least you'd have like a choice and you'd be able to like kind of decide what makes the most sense for you. But yeah, um, yeah, you're right. You can't beat yourself up about it. You got to sort of pick your battles. This for me isn't the battle to pick, but I'm really glad right. it's happening. I mean, it's great. Same, yeah. And it, this is where, like, and, and by the way, this is how it should happen, right? It's it's being regulated, yeah. And there's going to be changes because of it. 
And if you feel bad about a lot of this stuff, then, you know, go make some phone calls and help get people elected who are going to change it. Because, like, that's usually the problem. Like, the, the, the sustainability problem in the fashion industry and thus the outdoor apparel industry could be solved with a little uh, few, like, pieces of legislation. Like, you can't do this stuff anymore. Or you can't make this much anymore or whatever it is. And, you know, no one wants to take up, pick up, no one wants to pick that fight. Well, what's interesting is it's like, okay, so we can do this, right? We can say, okay, no more PFAS, but, like... Obviously, that's not that disruptive. I mean, it's disruptive if you work in that. If you work for an apparel maker, you know, I'm sure. Pe- sure I'm sure yeah. people will lose jobs over this for various reasons. <laughs> Gore is not stoked, <laughs> right? And like, um, but like, largely speaking, it's not like the most disruptive thing in the world to regular life. But it's like, okay, is this really the pro- is this the thing that we should be? Why can't we just regulate that all cars get 100 miles of the gallon? <laughs> like, why is it? Yeah, like if, I, I, totally. I mean, it's just the all right. Yeah, we can do this, but. Is that really going to matter that much? I mean, this we're all going to be like choking super- to death and you know, in an overheated <laughs> world in five minutes. Like, does it matter that we don't have forever chemicals? Like, I don't know. No, I, and I don't mean to be you know, reductive, I guess, to like anybody who really worked on this issue and the good work they probably did. But it's like, I don't know. I'm 48. You know how much PFAS I have in my body? Oh, like, I, I'm probably like I'm probably a third PFAS. At this oh, we point, all are. I know? mean, good lord, yeah. man. There's going to be more plastic than fish in the oceans in like 20 years. You've heard, I'm sure you've heard that before. Yeah. yeah. And I'm never, right. Exactly. And I'm never, and I'm never going to not be like, ne- neither are you. Like you and I are, that ship has sailed. Like our kids are screwed. Your kids, your youngest one's two. Yeah. She's already full up on PFAS, yeah. you know, you guaranteed, sort of see it, you know, crawling around in her a little bit behind the eyes. <laughs> Daddy, what, can I get some more PFAS? She's, you know, sure, honey. Yeah. yeah. Stick out a jar, start scooping it on. I remember when, <laughs> remember when, remember the videos that you'd I don't know why they made us watch this other than other than like hey aren't you glad we don't do this anymore but like in the school you'd see like the like the old footage of them like driving the trucks and just blasting entire neighborhoods with DDT and kids just jumping around in it yes you know what it's like a we hundred made a, we years made a ago. bargain with the devil the moment that we like yeah. evolved tool making it was like okay look eventually you may be able to leave the planet and eventually you may be able to leave the solar system and eventually maybe even the universe who knows nobody really knows yeah. how it works yeah like this is this is potentially a road to like ultimate salvation of like human consciousness or whatever but you're also <laughs> gonna fuck everything up in the meantime yeah and it's like we you know we went down that road we could, could happily right now just just be still be chilling in, in like the african grasslands just never had absolutely like, sounds nice sometimes doesn't it I, uh, yeah, it sounds great. But anyway, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting thing. I mean, obviously it's going to dominate the sort of outdoor news cycle probably for a good amount of time uh, coming up here. So, uh, I don't know if anybody has any solutions to this or any, any ideas of if they're planning on replacing everything, I'm curious. So my rock fight yeah. at gmail.com is ascended in. I'm definitely interested in, in what you're planning on doing personally for the PFAS, you know, problem. Otherwise it might just be a lot of headlines. Yep. So, yep. All right, well, let's get into some news headlines. So speaking of headlines, um, I got a story that I found on explorersweb.com this week about three tiny moons that were found in orbiting Uranus. Is it Uranus or Uranus? How are you supposed to say it? It's Uranus. It's Uranus Is and it? Neptune. Shit, okay. I don't know, actually. I just, I'm so, I think I grew up saying Uranus, but yeah. then I think they changed that because, you know, it sounds funny. Um, anyway, astro- astronomers have discovered three tiny moons, one that orders Uranus and two that order, uh, orbit Neptune. The objects were incredibly hard to spot because they're eight kilometers wide and they're 2.6 billion kilometers away. Wait, how, how wide? Dis- eight? Eight, eight kilometers. Okay. 
And uh, so they were discovered by, I mean, so, you know, they're, they're moons, but I guess in the most like academic sense of them being moons, right? So, because uh, they orbit around these planets and they were discovered by the telescopes in Chile and Hawaii. So again, Sweet. Hawaii, un- undefeated, yeah. right? go Hawaii. I'm honestly just bringing this up kind of off the, maybe the back of our PFAS conversation because with all the dumb stuff that dominates our lives in the news and whatnot, like, can we just pause and recognize the absolute insanely amazing shit that we are capable of? Yeah. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. There's a guy in a freaking telescope in Chile being like, oh, yeah, you see that? <laughs> I don't. There's a part of me that at a certain point doesn't believe it. I, it could be completely made up, I mean, and I'd be like, wow. Or like, or it's not, I mean, it's not. It's real. But there's a part of me that's like, do they really know? Like, because it's not like they see it. Yeah, but they do. If you read the article, they, like, talk about how they have to filter out the background okay. light, and there's this whole like, scientific method that then proves that, that, yes, that is a thing that is in orbit of Neptune. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's. It is pretty shocking that we that we. This is where it's like, that. hey, kudos to humans. Good for good for us. That's amazing. I agree. We we deserve a pat on the back for that. But also, like, isn't there's sometimes <laughs> there are sometimes where you kind of want there to be some sort of governing authority that can be like, that's great. I'm so that's really cool. <laughs> like, I who isn't wowed by that? It's ro- it's beautiful. Right. It's romantic. The universe is wow. Anyway, can you please? fix the fucking problems with the carbon emissions like can you work on cold yeah. fusion please like at a certain point what is the point of knowing that <laughs> you know, i guess well especially these scientists right like we we just sent a lunar mo- lander to the moon i mean it broke up on landing but it's still cool as hell to me that we send something up there yeah. again like we're able to do these things and i saw like a neil degrasse tyson youtube thing where he's talking about how uh, the theory of relativity comes into play just with like higher orbit satellites have you seen that bit yeah no but i know it's that, like yeah and they have to adjust the space-time continuum so that, like, the data up there, like, makes it. And I'm like, we, to your exact point, if you're one of these scientists who can figure this shit out, and then you get, like, the chuckleheads in Washington, D.C., being like, hey, it's snow today. Climate change isn't real. Like, I mean, how do you even survive in the world when you're one of these smart people? They're so pigeonholed in their shit. My, so my wife does this for work. <laughs> like, she, like, works with a lot of, like, really big science groups and scientists. And um, they occasionally try to get them to to uh, you know to go to conferences or or to, or to or to like be part of these like business discussions that she has with governments. I don't know what her job is. It sounds like I'm making mm-hmm. that up, but that's not. I'm not. That's kind of what she does. But um, and sometimes and a lot of times like the highest level scientists, you can't get them to do anything because they're just so like they don't do anything but their work. Like that's all they care about is like they're, oh, they're so completely just like laser beam focused on it. Like they, you wouldn't want to talk to them anyway, <laughs> and like they're not going to leave because it's like who's going to look at the, for the asteroid around Neptune if they're not doing it or whatever. So interesting. They, they, they interesting. can't be bothered with the cold fusion. So we keep, so we lose again here. I'm trying to have a positive story. Sorry. We lose again. <laughs> That's awesome. There's so much shit. I mean, it's, I, I, I love cool. that. Like how, anytime I'm feeling like particularly like bummed about anything, I just like take a step back and you're like, we're on a rock hurtling through space. And like, yeah, all of a sudden you get a lot of perspective. Okay. So speaking, speaking of, of celestial things, do you, mm. do you, are you going to, do you care about the, the total eclipse coming next month? Not really. Like, are you going to go travel for should it? I, do you think I should? I don't know. I kind of, I kind of do maybe like I, uh, we were in Montana for the last one and we weren't in the mm-hmm. total path of totality, but we were pretty close to it. And it was easily the weirdest experience of my entire life. I don't know if you've ever been in, in or close to a total eclipse, but it is. Yeah. No, we, so we were in Washington, the last one, which was same, same, like the Oregon was, you could see the, we were very, very close. And so we went out and we had the little, the glasses on and we sat there for an hour and watched it. And it was, it was cool. I didn't even really look yeah. at it that much. I just was like tripping out on how like 
the light was, uh, uh, it was that like a was shade weird. of light you'll never see again. Like that's true. I'll agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so like, I will never forget it. I remember the the, sh- the shadows because the leaves on trees do bizarre things in the shadows, and it was like it for a few minutes. And we were at we we just weirdly enough we were at some um like exhibit of like old time you know pioneer life at Montana State yeah. University. I don't remember why we went there. We were in Montana for we always go there to go ride horses, but we were we must have gone to the university because we knew they were doing something for the for the eclipse. But like I was wandering mm-hmm. around this like old barn like untouched since like 1905 while this is happening. And it made it even more surreal, but we were at, um, like an, like a science museum, uh, recently. And they were talking about the, uh, we meaning my family and they were talking about the, the, the coming eclipse and like where you can see it and, and how special it is to be there for like the full path of totality mm. where the sun is completely blocked. And I was just like, well, shit, maybe we should, we're not going to, it's next month. We don't have time. How far away is it from us? Pretty far. Like, you have to go to yeah. at least to like, it like sweeps like Maine, like heading out toward like, you know, the Great Lakes and like down south. I Reflecting back on it, you're right. The thing I remember most about it now was the fact that it was like whatever, 10 in the morning and it was this bizarre light. Like it just like it just it wasn't it kind of it wasn't dusk. It wasn't dawn. It wasn't like anything you see in a normal day. Yeah. There was no real comp to it. Yeah, but I, you know, I saw it. I, well, that's a, that's what I'm wondering about. <laughs> I don't it's know. Like, I don't need to go to Maine. <laughs> but you'll travel to. I mean, you'll travel to. Uh, you'll travel to like go look at a amazing mountain. You know, like we'll go. You know, like you'll go out of your way to see some pretty spectacular natural phenomena. I always, I'm always, that's true. You know, finding it interesting that space and adventure and like the outdoor worlds aren't more intimately connected. Well, that's why I added this, the moon thing. Yeah. I saw them like, that's cool. Yeah. Like that's something that you're right. That's it's discovery. Right. And it yeah. is adventure in its own way. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's seeing the natural world in a way that you wouldn't otherwise. And that like, theoretically yeah. should like radically expand your uh, uh, understanding and appreciation of, of the natural world. So maybe that's, maybe it wasn't, you know, the, the light for the eclipse when you're in Montana, it was all that PCP. You were it could doing, have been, you know? yeah, yeah. It could have been, probably was. <laughs> That's that's why we were at that weird. I don't think there was barn. an eclipse that day. It wasn't actually an exhibit at all. That was just like some old ramshackle barn in the middle of nowhere. It's like why why is the sun black? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, on the wildlife front this week, and also from Explorers Web, there was uh, the scientists announced that they discovered the world's biggest snake in the Amazon. And this species of anaconda on an anaconda, and there was already a known species of anaconda, but this is a new one. It grows up to 24 feet long and weighs up to 1,100 pounds. And this new species is about 5% genetically different than the other known species of anaconda. A- anaconda. To put that in context, we're only about 2% genetically different from chimps. I don't really have much to say other than it's kind of like equal parts was super exciting. Like, oh, that's really cool. And then also you see the pictures of an anaconda snake and it's like the most terrifying thing that I think exists on the planet Earth. I mean, there's, and I'm not even afraid of snakes, but they're just like a 24 foot long snake. That's more than two basketball, like, hoops high. I, uh, so I read this too. And interestingly enough, the thing that freaked me out the most was that 5% genetic difference is huge. That Like, we're only, like, 2% yeah. different than a chimp. And I'm like, these little snakes look the fucking same. Like, what do you mean? Like, we don't look that much like chimps. Right? I mean, it's like, you can see it. Okay, I see. Sure, you know, there obviously there's some relation. But, like, if you put these two snakes, one of them would be a little bit longer than the other one. And that's more different? How? It doesn't have arms. <laughs> that, that'd be pretty that great. That would be amazing. Did. Oh, by the way, a snake <laughs> that has human arms. Yeah. But yeah, I I so I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to see something like that in the wild. I think it would be the kind of th- I th- I th- your brain would probably break a little bit because I've never seen you know, I mean the biggest snake I've ever seen that wasn't in a zoo 
I've probably seen rattlesnakes that were like four feet long. Yeah, same. Yeah, there was. I saw one a few, like a couple months ago, and it was like it was curled up, and it was a big rattlesnake. Yeah. But like you know, like a really big you, rattlesnake. You wrap your head around it. Long. And but I'm like, okay, I get that. But like, I wouldn't even know. Yeah, eleven hundred pounds. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, this is Jurassic Park. It shit. is this wild isn't real. to be near something like that that could kill you so easily and gruesomely. Right. Although maybe, would you rather be okay? Would you rather be constricted to death by an anaconda or like eaten by like a bear? Yeah, I was about to say mauled by like a grizzly. Probably the anaconda. Probably the. An- I think the the approach to it would be. The slow sort of curly would probably, it would be horrified, but it would probably be, it'd also be like being like an avalanche or something yeah. where it's like, you know, this is scary as hell, but it's over pretty and quick. you're not going to see your own insides or something horrifying. <laughs> right. Right. The bear runs off. It didn't finish the job. Yeah, like, right. Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I'm never going to be the same again. Yeah, I mean, they do get people sometimes apparently, but wow, that's a big, it's that's a, a big different snake, level man. though of scary, right? Versus the other animals we've talked about between like sharks and mountain lions and so they're all scary in their own way. But I think just, like you said, your brain breaks thinking about seeing a, a 20 four foot long snake you know that's why i don't go to south america like i have no interest in going to i don't even know that's where they're that's where they are right yeah amazon no way man i'm so scared of the amazon like i'll read stories about people that just like <laughs> but, like just paddle the whole thing like we've talked we've covered these sorts of people adventure journal i'm just like are you out of your mind like though every <laughs> like my god that's the scariest place in the world to me the, the amazon really oh yeah just like you can't get in the water because there's weird like fish and and like parasites and like weird shit like that. There's uh, yeah. poisonous things everywhere. You're gonna get 900 different kinds of diseases. <laughs> the world's two biggest snakes. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. 24 feet, baby. Not interested. Snakes too. Like if I see a rattlesnake, I usually get kind of excited, or even like a like totally. a little black snake or garter snake. Oh, I think snakes are super snakes are cool. Awesome. Love them. And if I saw this, I think you said it would break my brain. I cannot. This is like this is not real. Like if you saw, yeah, like a person that was like ten feet tall, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" And you're just like, "What's <laughs> like, not go. natural?" Yeah. <laughs> well, we got a couple of tech stories this week, and I'm very excited to talk to you about these. The first one is the Samsung Galaxy Ring, which was an active tech news, according to. Oh, sorry. So according to CNBC this week, Samsung debuted their new Galaxy Ring, a new wearable that has, quote, health tracking features, including heart and sleep monitoring, and also giving users a score for the readiness of their day. Hmm. Uh, I just want to put this in here because this is where I join Team Hausman when it comes to tracking. I don't see, you know, I can make a case for why I want to, like, know the stats of my mountain bike ride if we're talking about that. I, who's going to feel better? Who's going to, like, want to be such a slave to their readiness score? Yeah, what that, are you supposed I mean, to do about bad? it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go back to sleep? <laughs> oh, man. I only got a six today. I don't need to be worried about that. I'm worried about a lot of other things. If I woke up and I can get dressed, I'm good to go. I don't need to be worried about that I am not I don't have enough going into the day. We need to stop doing this. Stop it. I th- I see the—I think for even for almost all three of these, I see the upside for certain scenarios, right? Like, so, like— my dad's 87. Like there's probably, maybe there's things that like yeah. that makes it easy to track certain stats yeah, or they're having the health issues, today. things like that. Yeah. But like thinking someone's like 32, like, well, later, uh, am I ready for today? I mean, I, I think guess, I slept pretty good last night. I guess if you're like readiness score is always like zero, you're like, okay, I should probably make some changes in my life. I guess, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't see the point. I mean, like I, hmm. I like to eat. I know it's being a horse for you, but I, I, I definitely am on board with you here because I agree. With you. I don't. I think people will get obsessive about this. There's the occasional person who probably maybe will apply it in like a really practical way. Most people will just get obsessive about their readiness score. So, so 
I don't know, 20 years ago, I used to be an archaeologist and uh, a lot of like crusty dudes in archaeology. And my favorite was this guy named Neil. And um, I, I'll never, he smoked a shitload of cigarettes. He probably, honestly, probably died of lung <laughs> cancer. I do think he got lung cancer. Um, okay. <laughs> so, But I don't know if he's still alive. I don't know what's going on. He might not have, but it may just, it may just make sense that he did. I don't remember. But point is, Neil one day was, we're sitting at lunch and he's smoking a cigarette. And I can't remember what, how it started, but he was talking about being the doctor. And the doctor was like, Neil, you should buy, you need, really need to stop smoking. And, and Neil's response was, why? Will I not die then? <laughs> and like, that's the, th- like. Neil, Neil rules. <laughs> right? It's like, I get it. I, yeah. I do understand it. You, I don't want to die at 45. You know, I'd like to live a little bit longer. But like, you're not going to live forever. Like, you're going to die. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know what the point of optimizing all your shit is. You spend so much time worrying about that kind of thing. It's just like, just, 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 just go about your life. You just it's, no, it's I more appreciate shit to the acceptance about. of it. The, the problem is the person who smokes every day. The doctor says you should she should quit, and then they're like, well, how can I get around? How can I get to what you want me to be like without actually having to quit? Well, you sure. know, that's like that. There's the problem. Like for Neil, if he's just like, no, I've accepted this. Yeah, I'm I, good. I, I prefer smoking cigarettes. Like, all right, great. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, okay, like I made that. I mean, that's we all do that with a little bit with everything, right? Like, totally. Otherwise, you. I mean, God, what a horrible life it would be if you could never like engage any vice because you wanted to live to be a little bit more fit when you're 90. I mean, what's even the fucking point? The world's most healthy 90-year-old is still 90. So, like, it just yeah. doesn't matter. It's just, it's, I mean, it's also, it's like Samsung is like, oh, we have this technology. Here's another thing that people don't own yet. So you're going to have a watch and a ring and a phone. What's next? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> Necklace. I mean, people will. Cock ring. People are going to have them. <laughs> like, okay. At least it's not obnoxious. It's just a ring. Way to tech comes for the sex toy market. That's what we have to worry yeah. about. <laughs> Uh, your orgasm was not quite as intense right? as the last three. Oh, I'm you sure had. that's a thing. Um, I would guarantee that's a thing. There's got to be measuring your, Has to be your climax. Could be having better sex. You fucking idiot. <sighs> Buy this shit. Fuck. Your readiness score isn't ready for you to engage in foreplay yet. It's a black. <laughs> Sorry, honey. I mean, it's I a can't, black mirror episode. This is a Black Mirror episode. This would be a good Black Mirror episode, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Be a lot of naked people in it, which I'm, yeah, you know, I'm on board with. All right, so the. Uh, well, the next one to that exact point, though, right? Is it uh, so? They had, there was an announcement. It was in um, or coverage in Athletic, Athletic. So it's athlete, Technology. but tech. Okay. Or, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is this is something you're going to subscribe to oh, clearly yeah. after we're hearing this story. Uh, athleticnews.com. So Apple is planning a smart ring of its own. Of course <laughs> they are. But they're also this was a little. This is interesting. They're developing a hydration tracking feature for the Apple Watch, and they they recently filed a patent for. A quote device with the perspiration measuring capabilities. Okay. And like, so there's two schools of thought here. Back to the one we were just talking about, the Samsung one. Like, I could see, like, my kids don't go anywhere without their hydro flask anymore. It's like they're almost like too obsessed with having you and I didn't have any water at all growing up, right? And like now they can't go anywhere without their Stanley or Hydro Flask. But if you're out, if you're backpacking, yeah, you know, that kind of thing, or if you're in you're in the desert, you're in a place, yeah. or again, you're old, whatever, that that's kind of an interesting bit of tech, I would have to say. Is it? No. Yeah. I mean, like, is it though? It's like, okay, I'm thirsty. Your body already does it. <laughs> but don't you have <laughs> like that's true. I mean, it does it already. It, it we've evolved that. We already have that. Like, give me something else. But there's times when you get de- overly dehydrated, probably, right? Yeah, you're, you're really out the fucking thirsty not... at that point, aren't you? 
I mean, I, I, I know that like we don't drink enough water or whatever, but like I've also read a lot of stuff that's like, yeah, just drink when you're thirsty. You don't need to be a drink a gallon of water a day. Yeah. Like Tom Brady's an idiot or whatever. Like just it's fine. Right. Like I mean, think yeah. about think about I, I all, all you have to do is go back to how we evolved. People weren't drinking water all day. Oh, I knew these were gonna be good ones. And the last one, this is easily the the craziest one to me. Uh, so, and the, the last thing in fitness tech news over on AndroidCentral.com this week it was reported that Strava has partnered with Fi Dog Collar Collars. That's F I, who makes smart dog collars to bring your dog's fitness. <laughs> I can't even say bring your dog's fitness stats into Strava. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. Uh, when you're when you. When you use this, your dog stats will be visible in your Strava's activity summary. So, like your dog stats. This isn't like the stats while you. Isn't like marking the activity as like walking the dog. Your dog is going to have its own stats. Mm-hmm. And they, there's a quote that said the Strava and Fi integration will let the smart collar automatically upload walk data to the app as soon as you finish a Strava activity. Fi will also share. will also share your dog's step account. Step count, excuse me, and append it to the same activity, including a, le- a leaderboard rank for how its step count compares to other dogs' counts worldwide. This is going to cost you 19 bucks a month. It also has a GPS tracking for your dog, which I see some value there if your dog runs away or something like that. Yeah, I, this is like, what are we doing? Like, what are we? You're, you know, there's going to be so many people who are going to be so stoked to have their dog's stats on Strava. Yeah, there's got to be famous dogs because of it, probably. I didn't even think of Does that. Does anybody ask the That's dogs? That's a really good point. I mean, do they want that? I think you and I are pretty smart guys. I don't know if we ever could have predicted this one, which feels now really obvious super that obvious. we should have. I, super I, obvious. Super obvious. I, wa- I go out I, walking my dog. Like, if there's a day when I don't want to do much, I still like got a couple mile walk with the dog. It's like, great. I walk two miles. It's a gr- It really is a great excuse to get out and get active for people. I never once would have thought that I should have stats for my dog. Unbelievable. Do we man. know what's good? And bad. I mean, again, We're again, about to find out. We are offloading things that we already kind of know. Like, if you haven't taken your dog for a walk, your dog's getting fat. You, sh- you know, there's your. In- you don't need the software. How do we combine the the thirst app with uh with the dog? Like, that, so the dogs know when to drink. What are we know? doing with this information, Colin? <laughs> like, we're gonna optimize our dog's health. Okay. And now what? Like, I mean, check that off. Great. Okay. People now love what? their pets. I guess this is what it comes down to. And then if you have like the active people who really love their pets to be active with, and then they get to like, to your point, they're going to be famous dogs. Cause like, that's the dog that did like two marathons in a day. Then when it comes a time when it's going to be tracked on Strava and the dog died of a heart attack cause they oh, overexerted the dog. going to get in trouble. Yeah. 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 Yep, that's for sure going to happen. Have at it folks. Have at it. Yeah. Track your dog, track your tracker, track everything. And then uh we'll finally be we'll we'll have finally done it. We'll have finally answered all the problems, answer all the questions. I still stand by uh, it's good to track your, your bike rides. Yeah. Because I, I wonder so. how many feet I climb. Yeah. All right. You know what? That sounds fine <laughs> now at this point, actually, after thinking I, about like the ring. Benign, and, like, doesn't the it? It's like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. All right, man. Well, we can wrap it up there. What's going on? So you got AJ's coming up. When's AJ's ship? When's the next episode? Oh, next episode. When's the next issue ship? It should be soon. I mean, it's probably already shipping, actually. We're just, like, I was just putting the new issue on, on the website a couple days ago. So it probably is. But that hasn't clicked over to live yet. Like, you can't buy the new one on the website yet. But it should be any day. All right. Well, hey, last thing for you listening to this podcast. This was a labor of love to create for you. So thank you for listening. And we want to ask, do you have a friend or a loved one who likes to go outside? How about sharing the show with them? Just text it on over to them right now so they can enjoy the sweet, sweet dulcet tones of a 1J Hausman. Thank you. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. For Justin Hausman, I'm Colin Truth. Thanks for listening. And here to take us out is a song you've been waiting to hear this entire episode. 
It's Krista Makes, the Rock Fight Fight song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock fight.